1: Five five four
0: four three three two one 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 one
1: When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck. Extracted me from my vehicle, and there wasn't a damn thing I could have done about it.
0: The, this thing, I got to notice in its eyes.
2: Its eyes were real, real evil, real sinister
0: looking, you know, the look it was giving me.
1: That's what are you reporting? Jesus Christ, you Sheriff? See Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir?
2: That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking
3: right at him. Uh-oh.
4: Welcome to Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show.
0: It makes me wonder with these feds coming in and just kind of stepping on everybody's toes, and and some degree, uh, with especially with like cases like Bob Garrett, you know, downright violations of civil rights and things. I mean, I, I can see some real problems with this.
5: Right, and now he's. You he said earlier that his wife was also. Uh, she was getting harassment from local law enforcement where they live.
3: Yeah,
4: what was basically happening is she was getting pulled over for no reason. Anytime she left the house, she would be pulled over. They would kind of harass her. Where are you going to, where are you coming from? Just, you know, and she'd be like, well, why are you guys pulling me over? And they never really would give her an answer. It was con, and it was going on constantly. And that's the other thing is, is that's what bothered Bob more than them harassing him when he goes out on these, uh, you know, different, um, Hey, I'll tell you a little bit more about it, uh, John. It goes even further than that. Like, I, hey guys, I don't think
2: – yeah. I don't mean to interrupt. I got an emergency call. I got to go attend to. I just – it's a 911 hang-up I got to go to.
0: I apologize. Okay. I got to
2: bow out. Uh, y'all have a great rest of the evening. I'm going to have to follow up on this on the radio later on, okay?
4: All right. Sounds good, Jack.
2: All right. Thanks, man. Y'all take care.
4: Please visit us at SasquatchChronicles.com for uncut audio, extended shows, and much more. Episode 71. If you're listening to this episode and you have not yet heard episode 70, please go back, listen to episode 70 first, and then listen to this episode. As you recall from episode 70, we had left at the end of the show... There was a 911 call that a police officer was responding to who was on the show, and it ended up being a bogus call. So tonight, what we're going to do, we'll continue on with our conversation from episode 70. We'll also bring back on Jack, who was a police officer that was called out to that 911 call and get his take on what had happened. We'll also be welcoming Bob Garrett who had the torn up camp video, as well as Travis, who did some work for the forestry department and had some run-in with the federal agents after an aggressive encounter. Hang on, everyone, as we wrap this up. He was getting, his wife was getting harassed every time. Bob gets harassed every time they go out. And I've verified this more than just with Bob. I've verified this with guys he goes out with. They'll say that he's almost word for word, what's going on when they go out. His wife was starting to get harassments. Um, you know, anytime she left the home or anytime that she, you know, she was constantly being harassed. And that's what bothered him. And when the torn-up camp video kind of settled down, everything cooled off, all of this for the most part against his wife stopped. It never really stopped with Bob when he goes out at night. He says, for some reason, these guys know where they're at. Uh, He said they were just coming home the other night and this sheriff car shows up out of nowhere, rides almost within inches. They thought that it was going to ram them. Didn't have its lights on, but came right up on the bumper within inches. Um, They were kind of, you know, shocked a little bit by it. And they're out on some country road and then he backs off and then he runs up on him again, like he's going to ram them. And so they just keep riding straight. They're just waiting for the lights to come on, you know, and they're going to pull over, but they just keep going. And then um, it does it. Whoever was in the car kept doing that a couple more times, acting like he was going to ram them. They eventually pulled off to the side of the road and the cop just kept going but the cop never turned its lights his lights on, he never passed them. They thought for sure he was going to ram them. I mean, he would just right. come up at like 80 90 miles an hour and come within inches of their bumper and he would ride them for a while. And then um, you know, it was just odd. it was just it's just odd things going on. He says they'll go out to their areas where they go and one of the things uh, Ken had mentioned in 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 our that part two of that episode 68, we were talking about, Ken would say, uh, he had told me, hey, they were out at such and such location, fired off, and this is emails from the Department of the Interior out to you know, heading someplace in Texas, talking to the same counterpart in Texas. Then the person in Texas was talking to the guy in Washington in the Department of the Interior and saying, made contact with Garrett and group. Uh, They were at such and such location at this time, fired off rounds in their general, their general area. Uh, Garrett and group left. So I called Bob and I said, hey, Bob, were you uh, last Saturday night? Were you guys at this location? And there's this long pause on the phone. Bob goes, yeah, how did you how did you know that? Because no one outside of his group obviously knows where they're at. They haven't broadcasted it anywhere. I said, was there gunfire? And did you guys leave around 2 a.m.? And again, there was like a 30-second pause when I'm talking to him. Bob goes, how did you know that? And so I started describing to Bob about these emails, but it's like this constant, I don't really know. I know there's been talk of it being on a local level, but I think this is a federal level. I think someone's just kind of screwing with them to screw with them.
0: Well, and it's not just the cars and things. They've had helicopters hovering them and pacing them. And, and I, you know, like with the uh, Facebook accounts, things like that, I think a lot of what's happened to Bob recently can only be done with federal powers. I don't think locals have that much authority.
5: Right. Yeah, and now did they give him, uh, I guess with that, I don't know how much detail you guys can share. Did they, of course, after the torn up camp video, did they – kind of fill him in exactly what, uh, you know, you said they were going to threaten to charge him with a crime there. Did they fill him in on anything or just kind of confiscate everything? And
4: no, what happened was is Bob put it up on YouTube. So there's where the problem began. And what happened was most people don't, Bob's never really shared this part of the story. What happened was is Bob got an attorney. It was a federal, I don't know if it was a prosecutor or whoever it was. They were talking about throwing Bob in prison, and I asked Bob, "Are they gonna throw? were they talking about throwing him in prison?" Bob was like, "Hell yeah, they were gonna throw me in prison. They're gonna throw me in prison and throw away the key." And so they came up with all these bogus charges against him, like you know he was in between an investigation, he filmed a crime scene, he walked through a crime scene. I mean, on just bogus crime after bogus crime. Well, the attorney he got was emailing back to someone in the Department of the Interior in Washington State and said, and he was naming off these different laws like the Good Samaritan Act and all these different things that would, basically there's no way you can nail this guy for filming this. Their their response was, we don't care. The, what, the only way they got them to back off, what happened was is the attorney went back and emailed someone in the Department of Interior in Washington State, and the email basically said, hey, look, we can resolve this now or we can resolve this in court and i promise you i will make this into a media circus and that was the exact words that they used well all of a sudden the threats and the they backed off and they came to some sort of agreement you know you need to cut this out of the video and bob's never to discuss this part of the story or this part of the story publicly and we'll agree to those terms and his attorney went back to bob and said hey look um here's the deal. They're going to let the whole thing go, but here's what you need to do. And and this isn't Bob telling me this stuff. These are emails that we've come across, I guess is the way I'll put it. Uh, encrypted emails that were, that were out there. And I had asked Bob, Bob, is this true? Did this happen? Did this happen? Did that happen? And uh, Bob came back and he was just, Bob's like, my wife doesn't even know that part of the story. My wife didn't know that part either. And he was just kind of blown away that I knew as much as I knew, but I'm sorry. I forgot what your original question was. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was, Oh, did they, uh, did they fill Bob in? They, they didn't
5: really told them we're going to throw you in jail. Left it at that. Yeah.
4: It was more or less. Yeah. It wasn't really, they didn't really fill him in. It was more or less.
3: Yeah.
4: You're going to be thrown in prison and here's why. And, Deal with it. And he probably would have been thrown in prison if he didn't have the attorney step forward and say, sorry, that's not going to happen.
0: And then it was after that that he started getting these weird emails and things.
4: Right. Then the harassment started. Yeah. If he's got more harassment that's, you
5: know, continuing, you know, if he talks to his lawyer and the lawyer gets back a hold of him and tells him, hey, you know, you guys, we agreed to this, but it's not ending here. I don't think, of course, that they want to. Publicly talk about all this, but it looks like if they want to keep up with harassing him, that's that's where it's going to end up,
0: or Bob will disappear.
5: Yeah, there's that, but I would think uh, he should probably uh, keep talking to his lawyer there to make sure that uh, you know keep the form of probably you know daily contact just to let him know what's going on, even how minor it is, or what he may consider minor. But I don't, you know, it's hard it's hard to say what, what these guys, you know, are thinking. They probably say, okay, you know, we've got an active site in this area. We can go in here and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll throw this uh, jurisdictional uh, federal bullshit at these local level guys and they'll back down. And you get some law enforcement that does and then others say, well, you know, you guys are in our jurisdiction here. Uh, you need to share whatever information or what you guys are doing. And if they don't, then it's, you know, a lot of them say, well, my guys are still going to be out there, so, you know, be careful. But it's just kind of a scary thought that you got a lot of these guys, you know, that are running around or, like Jack said, showing up, you know, when regular law enforcement's around there. And I would think that, you know, it was good good what Jack was doing, of course, trying to figure out what was going on or who these guys
0: were. Yeah, I think sometimes it's like uh, the guests we had who talked about you know, they went on the missing persons call, and they had all the different uh, law enforcement people there in search and rescue. And then these same two guys that Jack described and talked to happened to be there, but he didn't he didn't pursue it to the point Jack did.
4: Yeah, the description he gave, John, and, and um, to kind of fill you in on it. So we've had probably off the air, I would say, what would you say? Well, 10 times as many cops as we've had on the air. Oh.
0: Easily, yeah, easily.
4: And they and what happened was they started describing these guys that would show up, and it was always the same type of situation. It was like they got called out on a nine one one call. They started poking around too much. I think one guy had had um, snap pictures of footprints, snap pictures of a mm-hmm. handprint that was like ten feet up on a window. Right, and they confiscated and it. They confiscated it. But it's it's those type of stories that you get from and these are police officers that are right. that are saying these stories. And then the story is, well, then these two guys showed up and it's like, OK, well, describe the two guys. I think anymore will and I go, well, does one have a beard and is one kind of clean cut is one kind of a dick and one's kind of a nice guy. And it's like, how do you guys know that information?
0: It's always yeah. the same two guys.
4: because You're hearing it, it from it, everywhere. Very general description of these two guys. And they seem to, when they show up, they seem to run the show when they show up. Like Jack was saying, how he got suspended, it seems like these guys show up and they run the show. Well, who are these guys, and why do they run the show when they show up?
0: Right. Did
5: he? Uh, did Jack ever by chance get a name or anything from these guys or just a
0: license he, plate? He got their first names, uh, and I believe it. And one was Sam, and I think the other was Chris. But we'll, we'll have to ask him, but I'm pretty sure that's what he called him. But we didn't get any last names, of course.
5: Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, you know if his boss was filled in a little more by these guys, or I would think that he would be, you know, rather than I, I would uh, assume so,
0: yeah.
5: Yeah, than just suspend him for thinking he was interfering with, you know, he's interfering with another agency that's in their jurisdiction. That I you
0: know, wonder too have, if there wasn't more of a threat than just uh, pulling federal funding too.
5: Right. Yeah. They're. You know, because a lot of these a lot of these agencies, you hear about the federal funding and, hey, we're going to give you guys money for this, you know, new equipment and all that. But, of course, there's always one excuse after the next why the equipment or why the agency didn't get funding. You know, I would think unless they're really getting, you know, a lot of money from a federal agency, I would pretty much, you know, tell these guys, hey, you know, you need to let us know what's going on or get the hell out of our town.
0: Exactly so there must be something more some kind of leverage that they have that you know us regular folks certainly don't know about
5: yeah i'd be curious what type of other jobs they're offering <laughs> Jonah.
4: yeah no that, kidding
5: that would you know <laughs> you know the federal going. I was going to tell jack that you know federal there that, hey you know it's not a it's not a bad gig but knowing him they would probably hire him like you said at the gs7 there and he'd be sitting behind a desk you know in some small town yeah, in and idaho they were-
0: well, they were going to send him to Kentucky or someplace like that.
5: <laughs> yeah, it, it probably wasn't uh, for the fact that they wanted him on the team
4: there. No, but I don't think it was either. I think both Will and I agree they were kind of giving him misinformation or stuff we already and know. Kind
0: of, and that's pretty much what our friend Mr. Black said too. You know that it wasn't wasn't on the level what they were offering.
5: Yeah, they should have uh, Jack should have locked the guys up there when. Uh, because he said when he had his other encounter, these guys were uh, close by, right? And they had uh, they audio had, recordings.
0: Not just audio, they had video. When they came into his chief's office, he, he got off shift early that morning and went home and went to bed. He said he'd only been in bed about three hours. The chief called him at home, said, you need to get in here right away. When he showed up at the chief's office, these guys were sitting there. And they had video with audio of him and the deputy you know, shining their lights, they saw the eye shine, uh, and he heard this thing roar right behind the cruiser. And of course, like Jack said, he saw their faces and everything else on the film. So, whatever it was, they talked to the chief about before he arrived. Uh, it was more than just them saying, "Hey, he needs to stay away from this." There had to be some kind of leverage, some kind of a you know, at least heap or a credible threat that he perceived that something they could do to him or the department. I mean, they're, it had to be more than just, you know, pulling funding. I, I don't see that as the, that big a threat. The chief might have said, hey, you know, big deal.
5: Yeah, and then also, too, these guys know, you know, how these animals are and what they're doing. And, you know, they're out there when this encounter's happening, putting these guys in jeopardy and not stepping up to the plate when they know exactly what can happen. And then they march the escorts in the office there and right. and pull
0: that crap. And you know the big concern I, I think I have and I think we all have is, you know, if, if the government knows about this or at least certain certain people in the government know about this stuff, and if people are being killed out there uh, and nobody's being told about this, that creates a huge problem.
5: Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, whether they like it or not, you know, these little run-ins with these agencies, it's. Uh, it's going to come out uh, publicly, I would think, soon enough because of, uh, you know, like encounters with Jack there. somebody's going to get suspended and there's going to be a lawsuit against the department, well, then the federal government's going to get dragged into it because they were part of the initial investigation of why he got suspended or why he lost his job. There's a lot of different avenues, you know, that law enforcement can take, these guys that are getting harassed, but I'd be really interested to talk to one of these federal guys, though.
0: It would be well, interesting, I, wouldn't it?
5: Yeah. I guess if they're listening, they'd probably find out soon enough.
0: Yeah. That's right. <laughs> all three of
5: us
6: are I looking for
4: work.
0: work. Yeah. That's right. You can hire us all. <laughs> I'll,
4: I'll go to hell and tell people they saw a bear. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Just
0: going to throw your credibility in the toilet. You know? Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was kind of funny though that uh, well Jack had mentioned that uh, you know we talked to Eric there because we just uh, we just got back a couple days ago from uh, New Mexico area. Yeah, very a uh, lot of interesting stuff going on over there.
0: Well, You know, John, why don't you go ahead and tell us about we we ended with your first encounter. Maybe you could continue with that and then sort of sort of fill us in on what's been going on in New Mexico.
5: Yeah, well, the you know the first the first encounter, of course, when I was eight that. It was pretty much ended there when I talked to my dad. And like I said, I hadn't, uh, I didn't, it was quite a while before I went up again with my dad. And if we did go up, it was just uh, day trips we would take up there. And I think he knew deep down inside that something scared the hell out of me when when we were up there. But um, he never, after that, never really talked about it. You know, I'd thought about it for years. But, of course, being eight years old, it wasn't like I jumped right into doing any research or anything like that. You know, I constantly thought about it any time I was in the mountains. You know, I I went on with uh, you know with my life as best as I could. And about 31 years later, kind of across the valley where I am, I'm, I do a lot of uh, waterfowl hunting from October through uh, January. This area sits kind of... Uh, I guess say about 10 miles east of uh, like San Benito County there, that, uh, that mountain range there. And uh, there's wildlife refuge, few thousand acres just in the South grassland area. I had hunted out there with my dad since gosh, I was able to hold a gun and never any, you know, anything strange or out of the ordinary. Um, as I got older, you know, my dad passed away and I continued to, uh, hunt with these guys out there on our club. A lot of these guys are older, of course, that hunted with my dad. So when, when we'd hunt, we'd have to get up early. So everybody pretty much was in bed by six, seven o'clock in the evening. Well, I used to like to go out and, uh, and fish because we had good areas to fish there, uh, south of our property here back in uh, 2009. I had, uh, started to fish out there i guess it was close to midnight and it was in december so it was probably in the mid 40s here i'd just gotten started and was looking through some messages on my phone and as i'm sitting sitting there i get startled by a rock that hits the water i jumped up because i'm sitting out there in the dark and of course there's there's nobody that's uh that's around us there there's you know, the next club's probably a couple miles away, but they would come in from uh, the east side directly across where I guess the rocks came from. There's, it's just part of the wildlife area that no one hunts, but it's uh, still maintained as kind of preserve and uh, area for, uh, you know, a lot of other animals. They just kind of mark it off and don't allow hunters in there. Well, as one rock hits the water, I jump up, a second rock hits the water. And pretty soon, I'm having, you know, rocks hit the water. They hit up on the bank where I'm at. And by this time, I have my gun out. And I also had, um, oh, uh, one little handheld spotlights with me. So I'm looking all around, and I can't, you know, there's nobody standing within distance. Well, I see that the rocks are coming from the area across, probably, you know, a good 50, 60 yards across the way in this area. Well, I'm thinking that this is, you know, somebody's out there, throwing rocks, but I couldn't imagine who because it's 40 degrees out and that that area of uh, the land over there is uh, partially flooded. I shined my spotlight in the general area to let them know that um, I was armed and I wouldn't hesitate to fire if I get hit by a rock. And shortly after that, Came a, it started as a, a very low roaring sound. I hear a lot of these encounters that said it, it went to a higher pitch, but this stayed kind of stayed low. low. Yeah, it was a roar, and it, it carried on for quite, oh, gosh. I, don't, I couldn't tell you. I was, so, I was so scared at the time.
0: How that, far do you uh, think away it was?
5: I want to say it was probably 50, 60 yards, I'm guessing. It's
0: pretty close then.
5: Yeah, and this, you know, when this thing roared, you know, I could, I felt the vibration when this thing roared. And, of course, I, for a second there, you know, I, I, I froze because I'm thinking that somebody's over there throwing rocks. So I'm trying to decipher now, you know, I've got an animal sound coming from there, but I got something that's throwing rocks and I'm trying to put all this together. Well,
0: yeah, the two I don't think. match up.
5: Yeah, exactly. And I didn't even, uh, I wasn't thinking, you know, this is, you know, some Bigfoot encounter or anything like that. I just, it, I mean, it threw me for a loop and, you know, and it scared me pretty bad there. And even though I was armed, I realized, okay, I need to get the hell out of here because whatever's over there is, you know, sounds big and angry. So i kept a gun in one hand and light in another enough to grab my pole and get out of there. And I left everything else there. I went back to uh, kind of our compound area where lights were on and everything, which was probably back now a little over a hundred yards away from where I was fishing. So now I'm, I'm, I guess you not too far of a distance, but I guess a safe distance from where this, where this thing was growling from. And I turned out all the lights outside and I, I listened for a minute, and as I listened, I would hear a, it sounded like a couple of rocks banging. I'd hear a clicking sound, and I would take a few steps down our driveway to see if I can hear it better. Well, our our driveway's graveled, so it's kind of hard to walk really quiet. So each time I'd take a few steps, this would stop. So I would stop, and I would listen, and then I would hear the clicking again. Well, I still didn't have enough nerve to you know to go back across or to to shine the light over there so I eventually I came back inside and uh, didn't get much sleep and when I went out to uh, hunt the next morning we always meet before we uh we go out to hunt there and I I just asked guys there they asked me how the fishing was (laughs) and I told them it it wasn't too good at the time and I'd ask them if they had heard anything And a lot of the guys said, no, they were tired or they were asleep. They had the TV on or so nobody heard anything. Well, I didn't mention, you know, I couldn't mention this to these guys because I could only imagine, you know, all the crap I would have taken. So sure, (laughs) I kind of let it, I kind of let it go. And then I, uh, you know, this was bugging me for quite some time after this. So I, I put the, this encounter, I forgot which which site I put this encounter on, but I was, I was contacted by uh, a researcher from Oregon of all places. And he read what had happened to me. started asking me questions and I still wasn't putting two and two together. I said, you know, it's gotta be something else. You know, this, this isn't the Sierras. This isn't, you know, their habitat. Right. And, uh, he says, well, let me put you in touch with a researcher in your area. So this guy gets a hold of me and, uh, I eventually take him out to where this occurred about a month later. When he went out there, I I showed him where, uh, you know, the rocks had been coming from and where this roar happened. And he said, you know, is there a way to get across over this? We had to drive back out on the main road, drive down, and it took us about a half hour to get back into the spot that had, uh, there's a lot of trees and a lot of uh, high toolies in there. He kind of pushed his way through. He pushed his way through. He called me and, uh, he said, you need to come here and take a look at this. So as I pushed my way through the Thuleys, there was a an avenue. It looked like somebody had, had backed a, a small vehicle through these Thuleys. Oh, had made a path through there, probably almost 100 yards long. And then it came to an area where the Thuleys were pressed down, probably in about a about a 10-foot kind of a half circle kind there.
0: Of a, kind of a circle, yeah.
5: Yeah, and... Uh, he said, all right, well, drive back over there, and uh, he says, I want to see where you were standing at the time, so I drove back around to where I was when I was fishing that night, and uh, I couldn't see him, I couldn't see him in there, of course, he had to, he had to hold up a couple of things, but uh, he showed me how, uh, you know, where whoever it was or whatever it was was standing in here, so I thought, okay, well, I guess we got this figured out, so I drove back around to pick him up. Well, as I drove around to pick him up, he's standing there near the oh the the bank of uh, the dirt road, and he's taking measurements down on the dirt. I thought, what's this guy taking measurements of? And I get out there, and he has you know he's he had found a couple. One was a partial track, and then he had a pretty good. track that went off the other side of the road there but the one full complete track I guess measured out just slightly over 16 inches so you know now of course he's you know he's held meant to to see where this thing was going but at that time of the year through the fields there was just uh you know it had alfalfa and you could see I guess where this thing had walked but there there wasn't any really uh, You
0: wouldn't see any I prints, a, yeah.
5: Yeah, there weren't any other prints. And, you know, then he starts asking me, hey, are you, you know, you understanding this now? I still was, you know, I was still kind of skeptical despite of what I'd seen, you know, when I was younger. And I eventually told him about that. And he said, well, to, to let you know that he had taken uh, a couple of reports across in those san benito mountains he said about two years prior and that he had also taken uh, a report from uh, another hunter that was at a club just uh west of us a couple of miles and i guess the hunter there went out one morning to hunt and one of these things stood up and the toolies ran across one of the ponds and he grabbed his dog turned around got back on his quad and uh, went back to his trailer, waited till it got light, and then drove out of there and never hunted again. So this kind of, after this, it's kind of, this is what started me getting more interested in the subject and finding out, hey, you know, these things do make sounds. Because I had no idea of the sounds that these things made. You know, when I was young, I didn't, you know, there wasn't a sound that this thing made at me. It, you know, it didn't throw anything. So this was kind of new to me.
0: Now you guys just came back from New Mexico. What's happening in that area?
5: Well, like I guess uh, they were there in September. Of course, the a lot of the the foliage had changed there. He was like Eric was talking about that uh, a lot of the a lot of the native Native people in that area when they were there, or Native Americans were, you know, saying that these things would would come around every so often in cycles in the years past. Well. Now they seem to be staying there year-round. And when Eric and I were there, we started looking, uh, you know, where these encounters were happening. And, of course, there was a lot of snow that was on the ground there, so it made it easy to see any animal tracks in and out of there. And we could see that there where these encounters had been happening, that, you know, there's an abundant supply of food that's, that's going in and out of there. And, and it appears that, with all the food that these animals have around there that they're not they're not leaving the area anymore at certain times of the year they're just staying around there
0: no reason for them to leave
5: right, and plus the encounters seem to be becoming more aggressive towards people that you know they're seeing these things they're getting you know some people are getting you know growled at you're seeing a, uh, one of the encounters the boy told us that uh, one of these animals you know she, showed its teeth to him, growled Mm -hmm. at him quickly, and then turned around and, uh, you know, and ran off.
0: That sort of goes in line with what Mark Dobbs told us a while back. And uh, Jack mentioned the lip flip. That's something that that a lot of primates do in the wild. Uh, You know, rather than than get into a physical altercation with another animal, they will do that display sort of a threat to sort of, you know, determine who's going to back down. Because, you know, in nature, if animals get in a fight, it's usually a deadly encounter for one or both animals. So they sort of prefer not to do that, but they'll go to all these lengths of uh, threatening. And that's exactly what, you know, he he said he would expect to hear that in these encounters, you know, this lip flip that anthropologists call that the primates do, you know, baring their teeth and such.
5: Right. And you're hearing that a lot more, you know, and like in in these encounters, a lot of, you know, from what Eric was explaining – a lot of other primate behavior. You know that whereas exactly before that these animals uh people see them walk off and then they say well it disappeared. You know they they bring in that whole paranormal thing that uh you know I don't I don't know where it comes from but uh that somebody's maybe. wild
0: imagination. <laughs> <laughs>
5: exactly. You know when the more plausible answer is it dropped down on all fours and ran off.
0: Yeah, right. Or and I know you're familiar with the term tacky psyche. Uh, I think in a lot of ta- a lot of these occasions, people are so it's so outside of their frame of reference that they have right. almost a, a post-traumatic stress, you know, related incident where they black out part of the incident. Exactly. You know, so if they it disappeared in front of their eyes, it, it literally did to them, not in reality, but in their perception, it disappeared.
5: Yeah, because there's can be a matter of seconds when somebody has something traumatizing happen to them, and they may take their eyes off of it. And they, to them, and they thought, well, it was just a split second. They could have been standing there for a minute or even two minutes.
4: I can definitely yeah, your, definitely relate to that.
5: Yeah, your whole encounter was uh, listening to that was uh, I could imagine was pretty uh, pretty hair raising.
4: Well, and it's the the what Will was just talking about the tacky psyche. Um, it's always bothered me why there was so much time that passed when it really didn't feel like we were there that long. And it felt like it was constant. It's, it never really felt like we were just kind of sitting around for an hour waiting for the next thing to happen. It felt like one thing after another, after another happened. And then like three hours are gone and I can't really tell you what happened to the three hours. And I kind of think it was more, My brain trying to deal with and my brother's brain trying to deal with what was going on more than just, you know, I've heard uh, you know, flute players will tell me, Well, you probably entered a different dimension and
3: that is. Right. When
0: it's when it's our own minds that Yeah, it's our own minds that do that those things and it and it alters time, it alters perception, you know, feelings, all those things.
4: Well, it's funny how the brain works. You know, like I was almost in a um motorcycle accident and it didn't hit me until the other day i was i was up on yakult mountain actually this morning and i was filming stuff i'm gonna put up on the website but i was it i and i, I don't know why i thought of it i thought of this motorcycle accident I was almost in and what happened was is i was um and i'll tell you this story real it's real quick but it's kind of relevant i was behind a semi-trailer in utah and in Utah, out on their highways, speed limit 75, which means everyone's doing 90. A lot of these tractor trailers, you know, they're doing 80, 85 miles an hour out there. And I was behind one, and I was blocked in with a guardrail to my right and a car off to my left and a car behind me. This is going to sound like crazy talk, but the tire had blown off of the tractor trailer. And I saw it blow off, and it was coming towards me when I was on my motorcycle. Now, if that thing would have hit me, I would have been done, but for a moment, and again, this is going to sound like crazy talk, but for a moment, it felt like everything slowed down, and that's not I was running and I was running at normal speed. You guys have seen The Matrix. It was kind of like that. It was like everything had slowed down, but my brain was still in real time reacting to what's going on, so I had time to like swerve out of the way and not get hit by this tire coming my way, or this blown-out tire coming my way. And I had swerved out of the way. Now, if you had put me in that situation, any other situation, if you had put me in that situation, and said, hey, dodge this, I probably couldn't have dodged it. I probably would have ate the, you know, I probably you probably wouldn't be hearing from me today. But it was weird at that moment. I mean, it sounds like crazy talk, but it's like everything slowed down, and I was able to react to what was going on.
0: You hear about guys who talk about, you know, harrowing experiences in combat. And and you can relate if, you, if you've seen the movie Saving Private Ryan where, you know, the captain has a, you know, an explosion goes off and, and he can't hear for a moment and he's just kind of sitting there, you know, towards the end of the movie and he's everything is in slow motion. He sees what's going on, but... And the guys, you know, in combat will, will relate to things like that where everything kind of slows down. You can actually, they can almost take the time to watch each individual person and what they're doing when in reality things are happening in a much faster fluid motion, but it's, it's our own brains that do that. It's not what's going on around them. It's what's going on inside them.
5: Yeah. And it's actually a great, you know, defense mechanism there. And you know, like any other day it probably would have killed them. And I can relate to, you know, what he's saying that you do, that I've had some, some, uh, close occasions or close accounts, uh, when I was working, that it did it. Things kind of slowed down where you were able to. You didn't realize you could function and do all this, and then you come back yeah. to reality, and it's you. You know what you did, but for a moment right. you didn't think you'd be able to grasp everything. But yeah. See,
0: as a police officer, you would be very familiar with that.
5: Yeah, there's been a few uh, ass puckering moments that uh, you know that caused that, but you know, it's, like I said, it's a great uh, it's a great mechanism for us to have. Of course, not, you know, in these encounters, because I don't think I'd want anything to slow down, uh, you know, any sooner. <laughs> you want to move it a little quicker. And, yeah,
0: and I, I don't can, know. I can relate. Well, and yeah, that's the so. thing,
4: like with mine, mine and Woody's encounter, people ask, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you guys, you know? I don't have a great answer for anyone on any of those questions, but what I can tell you, you is can that your
0: quarterback, these situations all you want to, but unless you were there experiencing it, you can't relate to that. I mean, well, and I uh, your you... encounter was different than mine. So, you know, it, it's all dependent upon the circumstances.
4: Well, it's like, I was just telling someone the other day with regard to our encounter, I don't remember ever really panicking during that whole encounter, I can, I can tell you I wasn't comfortable, and I can tell you I was scared, and I can tell you that I really didn't want to be there at the time. But I don't really ever remember panicking or going into panic See, mode until it was over. I didn't over. panic, I
0: didn't then when panic it was, in my encounter either. Until yeah, I and when it was like to get out of there, and I took off running. That's when I went into panic.
4: Yeah, and you and I have talked about that. Well, it wasn't until I like, right. actually got home that like yeah, my absolutely. knees were shaking. And my hands were shaking, and I was in complete like, shock at that point. And I was in panic, but it, in the moment, I wasn't no, you, panicked.
0: Yeah, yeah. you deal with it at the moment, and then later, when it kind of sinks in what happened, that's when the feelings sort of get a hold of you, you know, and, right. and you experience that part of it, but not during it. And I think that's, like John said, that's a great defensive mechanism that we have. Uh, you know, it's part of that flight or fight mechanism. And it serves to save our skins when those encounters are going on.
5: Yeah, and it drains you physically and emotionally afterwards. Absolutely. Oh, yeah.
4: I can tell you I was drained for two or three days afterwards. I mean, I was exhausted, just completely wiped out. But if you'd asked, if you'd have seen me after the encounter, you'd been like, how did this guy ever survive? Because my knees are shaking, my hands are shaking, I can barely talk. But during the encounter, I remember very vividly telling Woody, don't drive past it. It can turn the car over or don't point your gun out the window. Keep a calm head. And that isn't stuff I would normally say. I'd say, let's blast our way out of here because that would make the most sense. But in the moment, that's not what I did. In the moment, it's like my head was really clear. I was confused and I was scared, but my head was really clear. But then after, when it was all said and done, then I was a mess afterwards.
5: Yeah, and there's a lot of guys, uh, probably wouldn't be too surprised in law enforcement that, you know, you see it with regular people and you think, hey, this guy's trained a lot. He has all this knowledge about this, but they, I mean, instead of being able to function through that, they completely lock up, you know?
0: Yeah, people are people. I mean, you can, yeah, you can get so much training, but, you know, You don't know until you go into the uh, trial by fire, I guess.
5: Right, right.
4: As we wrapped up this show, my mind was constantly on Jack and the 911 call he had been sent out to. It seemed a little too coincidental for my taste. The following day, we brought him back.
0: Here's what happened. So, what we wanted to do was to talk to you about when you had to get off the call the other night, and mm-hmm. if, you could, if, if you could maybe run down what happened after that.
2: Um, well, I, I got dispatched to on one hang-up, uh, so, you know, like y'all know, I hung up and apologized. Uh, get to the location, I was like, and it was five minutes down the road. It wasn't very far. Anyways... <sighs> Get down the road and uh, get there, and the address they gave me was a, was a you know, not an abandoned house per se, but, but a vacant house. So, you know, I called dispatch and said, hey, look, you know, the, this house is, is vacant. Are you sure you give me the right address? Well, then, for whatever reason, something inside of me said, you know what, take a picture of the damn MDP screen. So I did. So they said, uh, no, that's where the, that's where the 911 hang-up is. I said, the house is, is vacant. It's abandoned. There's nobody here. Um, so they, they come back, and they said, well, uh, we probably did give you the wrong address. It's, it's the next house over. I go over there, and the and, uh, lady said, no, we, didn't, we hadn't been on the phone. So oh, I went in and called dispatch, and I said, it was a bogus call. Don't worry about it. Uh, just go ahead and, and call me back in service. So uh, I get back, and I'm patrolling, and all of a sudden, all about, I don't know, about 9.30 or so, I get a phone call from my chief, and he's hopping mad. And uh, I said, what the hell's the problem? He said, how come it's taking you an hour and 20 minutes to get to a dispatch call? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It's not taking me that long. And he's like, yeah, it did. And I said, no, it didn't. They said, well... The mayor just got off the phone with the feds, and I just got off the phone with her. And it took you an hour and a half to get to a dispatch call. And I said, no, it didn't. I got a call at like
3: 805,
2: showed up at 810. They gave me the wrong address. I got a picture of the the MDT screen on my phone. You do? I said, yes, I do. Shows me called for service, out for service, and on scene. And he goes, he said, I'll be here in about about 30 minutes. I said, that's fine. Uh, so he came and he set up and he looked at it and he said, okay. He said, uh, we're going to find out what the hell this is all about. And I said, uh, well, I can tell you what the hell it's about. So I told him. I said, yeah, I was on the phone. Uh, yeah, it was a personal phone call. But. The minute they called, you know, dispatched me to that 911 hang up, I, I got off, said, hey, I got to go, bye. Uh, he's like, well, I never said you couldn't take personal phone calls. And we're going to find out what the hell this is all about. Well, in the process of tracing where the call come from, we discovered that it came from Epic, which is, uh, it's kind of a, it's an intelligence center, and you know it's got like 10 or 12 different law enforcement agencies. Nobody's owning up. So you know what the only thing I can figure out is uh taking into account that I kept hearing clicks and beats we were being taped and they wanted me off the air as quick as possible and right now I'm not for so sure my phone's not tapping out.
0: Let me ask you a question. You said the mayor had been on the phone with feds in regards to this 911 call. Any thoughts on why the feds would be involved in that call to the mayor?
2: Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, The only thing I can think of is is that it had to do with earlier accounts. And since my boss was not going to fire me, they figured they'd go after the mayor. And we're in a tenuous situation with the city council as it is. Mayor doesn't like us. We don't like the mayor. We think she kind of blows off everything. Uh, she thinks that we're a bunch of hillbillies with guns and nightsticks and got mirrored sunglasses going out, beating up on the color folks. Okay, you know, we don't, we don't hammer the, 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 the local populace, with tickets, uh, we pull you over. We got three or four violations on you already. Um, you know, we we try to be decent towards the citizens, but we're not going to have the citizens. You know, well, I'm such and such council member's daughter. You you can't do that. Well, actually, if you're doing seventy-five and a twenty-five, you're getting a ticket. <laughs> Sorry, I don't care who your right. daddy is.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, it, and that's that's my only guess is that since I couldn't get any kind of headway with my boss originally,
0: I think they were going after the
2: mayor this time. Yeah.
0: that so, yeah, Sounds uh, sounds about right.
2: You know, keep going up the ladder until I get the desired result.
4: That nine one one call was a little bit too coincidental last night.
2: I, it really was. It was. It was way too much right there on the spot. And unfortunately, they they got it right at a crucial time because I'd like to pick the other guy's brain uh, because I want to make sure I'm not going nuts. Because this is, I mean, who in their right mind comes, I don't care what federal agency, comes in and tries to get somebody fired or gets them suspended and say, well, you know, it's dereliction of duty and and he's interfering with a federal investigation. We ought to get him for obstruction. Wait a minute. Uh, How am I obstructing your investigation? If anything, I'd help you out. I got nothing to hide. So, you know, go figure.
0: You know, one, one interesting tidbit that I, I wanted to throw in there, and I, I re- just recently sent Wes this, uh, and I don't know if you heard it, Wes didn't hear it, but uh, when Ken was on with us in the beginning, uh, and I did notice that after he mentioned it, he contacted me. And he said, did you notice in the background they were playing uh, from the movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek, the Travis Crabtree song?
2: Yeah, yeah, I I, and, I couldn't place it, but yeah. I remember hearing Yeah,
0: music. I know I noticed it too and I thought well maybe somebody had their TV one of the guys had their TV on and and when he said that I thought it clicked. I thought, "Yep, that was the song." And he said maybe that was sort of a in an in, in your face joke that we're listening to and, and that particular song.
2: It, it could be. It, you know, and and here's what 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 else is kind of strange. Not that my my personal computer at my house has been been tampered with or, you know, I'm not seeing the, the cursor jump. Uh, but there's some, like, files I know that was in there are missing. And that could just be my imagination running wild with me right now. Because right now, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little boogered. You know, I'm, I'm straight up honest. I'm, I'm, I'm scared shitless because these guys work with impunity, they don't. They don't operate under the same veil I do, or at least they're doing stuff that, that if it ever come to light and fingers really started pointing, they would. Uh, they would definitely be called on the carpet through a you know a Senate subcommittee hearing, wanting to know what the hell are you doing to the general populace.
0: I would say at the very uh, least, yeah.
2: There's files missing out of my computer that I know are there, and some of it has nothing to do with Sasquatch. Some of it has nothing to do with these things. It's,
3: you know,
2: you know, pictures I took when I was in Afghanistan. Why the hell would you want a picture I took when I was in Afghanistan? That makes no sense. You know, I, I told my wife, I said, uh, when you get off the computer, make sure you disconnect the router. I don't yeah, want them I, having access to our computers.
0: I told Wes, I said, I think next week we need to have another roundtable, um, you know, with kind of the same lineup we had the other night uh, with a couple of additions. One is an IT expert um, who had it pegged and, and sent me a message, which I posted on a blog on the website. Mm-hmm. And, uh, m- and Mr. Black came back and said he was 100% correct in what he said. So he might shed some light on these missing files and things. And the same thing happened to Bob Garrett, too.
2: Yeah, well, and that's and that's what's wild about this whole mess. It's not it's not one person they're going after. They're going after anybody that's associated with the poor guy. They're already pissed at me for what I did. I think they're still holding the grudge. I pulled them over for for doing a ninety and a fifty-five. <laughs> you know how dare you do that? <laughs> you know what? You you run through my town speeding and you ain't running code. By God, you're gonna get a ticket.
4: You know it's funny. <laughs> I didn't even
2: that? write him a ticket.
4: I was listening to the show last night, and that part made me bust up laughing again. I had to mute out when I, we were on the show the first time, but the second time I heard it, I started busting up laughing. The
0: second time, uh, well, I remember you when know, you what, first told me that. I had to laugh too. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, you know, you know, the funny thing is, I, and and it's not unusual, it's not uncommon when when I was when I was a Fed, I I actually there were times I ran code without running lights. And it wasn't because I was trying to be covert. I uh, had nothing to do with it. I just, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting a phone call. Hey, you better get here. This guy's about ready to, to jump ship. You're going to lose him. You know, I slam her right down to the floor and forget to turn the lights on. That happened. But, you know, for crying out loud, when you got a road that, you know, granted it
3: granted,
2: it was in the evening. But it still had traffic on it. You don't run ninety and a fifty-five and not turn your lights on. I don't care who the hell you are. So, you know, unless you got a medical emergency and somebody dying right in the lap. So, you know, that's that's my thought on it. And I would have uh, wrote him a ticket. You know, you know, kind of think about it, and I probably should I would
4: have. I would have made him walk the uh, DUI line had been like, step out, <laughs> driver, I would have, I would have pulled yeah, my, my gun true. out and been like, driver, hands, step out of the vehicle, passenger, step out of the vehicle. Make them,
2: make them do SFCs, yeah. Was, you know, and I thought about that, I'm like, no, that might be pushing my luck. I'd probably, probably find my dead body alongside the road.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure
0: they would have found some way to get back at you.
2: Oh, yeah, keep keep you know, definitely.
0: Keep your gun on them. Definitely. I need to hear the ABCs. And while you walk this <laughs> well, line,
2: they don't do the ABCs anymore. Uh, <laughs> at least that's—I mean—that's not the prescribed three tests that they normally do. So yeah, yeah it's—they it, don't do that anymore. They—it's—it's uh, uh, horizontal gaze nystagmus, uh, the walking turns. You do nine steps, and you—you you know, have to turn on a heel, spin, and then walk nine steps, toe to heel and uh, the one-legged stand.
4: You should have handcuffed them and separated them and questioned them like normal cops do. Uh,
2: you know, here's the problem with that. I think I would have been in a hell of a fight with that uh, because uh, that one dude, uh, the, the 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 clean-cut guy, was none too happy with me. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that might have caused more of a problem than fixed. <laughs> yeah. So...
4: Jack, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing what happened to you the other night when we were on the show, when you got called away. We appreciate you sharing that information. Uh, And I just want to thank you for coming on.
2: You bet. No problem.
4: Next on the show, I wanted to welcome Bob Garrett. I know we've been talking about him for the last couple episodes, and I thought it was important for him to come on and discuss what is going on. Let's start with a few nights ago Bob if you can talk about your YouTube channel going down your you know all the stuff that happened to you the other night
6: I uh, discovered that uh, I couldn't get on Facebook and I was basically trying to reset my uh, uh, my password and uh, apparently I didn't have a uh, I didn't have an account anymore So I I talked to Tim and I said, uh, Tim, check and see if my Facebook's up. So Tim, uh, checked and he said, no, it says, uh, uh, you know, no, 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 no person available like that, no account. And, uh, so that was surprising and I thought that, uh, okay, well, you know, you know, that's, uh, the pro- you know that's that that's their problem apparently and uh, so I went in and I tried to make a, a, another account and uh, it wouldn't let me make an account so I tried uh, uh, it two or three more times and I just could not make an account and uh, then I found out I went over to blob talk Blog talk I couldn't get on my blog talk I couldn't get in the studio, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't create a show. And so I tried to reset my password. They, they would send me uh, the code, I would type it in, I would uh, uh, hit on it, and uh, try to reset my password, and it would not do it. So I did this, literally, I did this about oh, six, eight times. And so I didn't know what the heck was going on. You know how BlockTalk is. Block talk is. And I called Tim and I said, see if you can get on BlockTalk. So Tim got on BlockTalk. Everything was fine. And I said, uh, okay. So I tried it a few more times. I could not get on BlockTalk. So then I went to, uh, I was going to upload a video that uh, we recently have uh, uh, had gotten. I went to my YouTube, lo and behold, I had no YouTube as a matter of fact, I was banned from YouTube, and I asked you and i I called to him I said, listen, see if you can find my youtube channel and he said no and he and uh he said uh, anyway I, I told him i said well go and uh uh on the page and, and see if uh my videos are okay. And uh, so he went on the uh, show page and uh he said he said no. He said it, it says that they're uh, uh, unavailable. And that's when I guess I, I guess it was pretty stupid of me, but that's when it finally hit me that this is just like before but even worse. Before I was locked out of everything. This time it just doesn't exist.
4: You know, they're obviously trying to mess with you and discredit you. And Will and I have talked about this behind the scenes on on what is actually happening with you. I wanted to know, now, you had, had mentioned to me that obviously someone was in your computer, your computer is being hacked, like someone was looking for something. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then the other thing I wanted to ask you is if you talk a little bit about I had mentioned the other night about the chat room, how the same person kept showing up with different numbers behind their names. Um, if right, you can talk I'll, a little yeah. bit about that.
6: Yeah, I will. I will. I, I don't mind. I, I'm very angry, guys. I mean, I really am angry, you know?
0: And but, you've got uh, every right to be. Absolutely.
6: I, 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 I just want to bite something or or, or, or somebody. I, I, always, I just want to punch one of these guys in the face. <laughs> Uh, I, I, and I don't have anything to strike out at. Do you understand what I mean? I'm very frustrated. Right. What was going on with my computer was this prompt kept coming up, would come up, would come up, and uh, this code would be written. I would see my cursor go, and uh, I'm sitting here looking like there's, you know, uh, there's a ghost in my machine. <laughs> And uh, my, my uh, uh, cursor is moving. It goes to the prompt. It clicks the prompt. And this is some kind of black screen. And I don't really know. I don't really know uh, anything about this stuff. But
4: uh, right, it's a command prompt. They're executing a program. It's a what you're describing is a command prompt in Windows.
6: All this code is suddenly uh, are. are that's what um, a friend of mine told me that it was. It was code. I mean, all these zeros, all these ones, these Xs, and, and, and I think some twos and threes and all different kinds of stuff are being, you know, just you know, like somebody who can uh, type 50,000 words a minute. I mean, it's just going. Okay. Well, uh, I was on the phone with uh, a couple of people. One that's very tech savvy was called real quick. Okay and uh he told me he said uh disconnect he said disconnect your modem disconnect everything so i disconnected well guess what this little icon comes up and apparently they remote connected me or something somehow and they're going through my computer this, I mean, somebody is going through my computer. I don't know who this was, but it was going through my computer. Well, Lord and behold, you know the uh, uh, video that I tried to put up? Okay, I'll tell you what this video was. This video is we tracked, uh, in this very remote area, we tracked two Sasquatches that were chasing two very large hawks. Okay? They had no warning about us coming up behind them nothing because they were worried about these hawks and this was an extremely good uh situation for us and so we are going behind them uh my my group you know tim and, and, and another fellow i don't want to mention his name on the air we get up to where these uh, washouts are uh, the sides of them are about 20 feet up uh to get up to the other side okay and then it goes down a part of it goes down into the river okay we found these dens that were dug out of the clay in this uh in in this area in this in these washouts these deep washouts well i we we were documenting me and the other fellow were documenting the uh the, the, these dugouts, okay? They were deep. They were big. Also, we were getting 17-inch footprints in the same area, and we were documenting that. And some of the footprints were good enough were good enough for us to uh, actually, you know, pour and 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 uh, make cast of. Okay, we didn't have the material. We were going to go back and get it. And then all of a sudden, Tim says, "Look at this." Tim is recording on his video cam and recording on mine, we are getting two squatches who are looking at us. One is looking back and forth at the other one like, what do we do? What do we do? Well, the other one is staring at us because it's madder than hell. And, we, you know, we, we got them dead to rights right here. And, and we're recording them. It was good daytime footage. Okay, we get flanked, of course, which is normal procedure for these guys. They flanked us, and uh, we decided that we would just, you know, go ahead and back out. And we started backing out, because I don't like getting flanked by these damn things. After we finally got out and onto the old logging road, that's uh heads to the river we were coming away from the river we were getting you know sticks snaps and all of this stuff well it was really a good day i guess you might say a little scary and uh we got home we we, we uh we're going to put maybe put this stuff out and i decided well you know i'm going to go ahead and put this out this is fantastic stuff to make a long story short, they took those videos, or somebody took those videos out of my, out, out of my uh, folders. They're not there anymore. They're gone. As well as some other photos that I've never put out. And this, I guess, is what somebody was doing. As they were checking my videos and, and everything, they decided that they wanted to take those. Okay, the same day we were leaving out of the woods, we get out of there and guess what? Okay, this DPS goes right up our ass, right on the tailgate of the pickup truck. And he is flying right down the road behind us just like that. I mean, if we ta- if if Tim had tapped his brakes, the, the guy would have smashed right into us. So anyway, he backs off a little bit and Probably ran the, the tags and everything I don't know what he was doing, and then he backs up then he comes on to us again, just boom like he's gonna hit us and I'm watching out through the uh the rearview mirror you know, on the side mirror, and Tim's over- Tim is uh you know pretty upset, and all of a sudden he goes around us as fast as he can, and he turns off he just disappears as fast as he appeared. But the thing about it is, is that he wasn't on a going on a run. He was messing with us. I'm sorry. I, I might sound a little mad, but I am angry.
4: No, I mean you, have, you have every right to be, Bob.
6: They took those videos, and uh, or somebody took those videos. I don't know who this is, but uh, uh, they took the videos, and they took some pictures. Yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta slow down.
4: <laughs> no, you're good. No problem. You're good. You know, Bob. One thing I I think a lot of listeners don't realize, and I don't, and I and I careful how I say it because there's a lot of things you could brag about in your life, and you don't. Um, and you're not that type of guy. You're you're people that don't know you. You're not. You know, you're not the boastful type. You're not you know, you're, you're a good guy and that's what uh, people out there need to understand that is that you're a good, you're a good man. And
6: I appreciate it,
4: but there's a lot of things. Well, there's a lot of things you could brag about. I know stuff you and I've talked about off the air. There's stuff that you could brag about in your life and you don't. It's stuff I would brag about. It's stuff. I mean, (laughs) I'm not a good man though, but I would sit and brag about it all day long and you don't. (laughs) Thank you guys.
6: (laughs) You guys are great, man, you know.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of things like that. And so, you know, when, you, when you're when you talking about these different things, I think that it's important for people to understand your character. This whole BS that's going on with you is more or less something to either, A, make you look crazy, or B, make you look bad. And you know they tried to do that with the torn up camp, and I think they failed for the most part. I think anyone that has half a brain realizes, hey, you know what? He called nine one one. They didn't come out. He filmed it. You know, he was trying to render assistance to anyone out there. I think anyone with half a brain would realize that's that's what actually happened. Uh, and if it wasn't, oh. I'd be fir- I'd be first to say, hey, you know what? There's something shady going on here. But there wasn't
6: oh I, I was just gonna say you, you can't leave an area like that you can't leave a camp like that uh that'd be like leaving leaving a uh, a car wreck with with someone burning it you know in, in the car I'm sorry that's morbid but uh no, you're right. you're or, or, right. or, or you know a boat wreck or, or something out out on the lake or something you you can't do that it's not in me to leave someone. In, uh, you know, powerless or, 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 someone that's hurt. I, I, I mean, you got to stop and you got to render aid. And when we saw that, when we saw how bad it was and everything, we had to look. You know, I've been right. criticized before for, for, uh, you know, walking around and stuff like that. And, and, but what, 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 what can you do? You've got to stop and try to render aid. And, well, and, and this think, was obviously a bad situation.
4: Well, I think, and as you and I discussed, a lot of your comments on YouTube videos weren't from your average users. I think a lot of those were planted. At least that's what a lot of the emails say uh, that we got from our insider. Is a lot of those emails weren't really from your average person. It was more or less just to stick it to you. Um, well, I wanted that makes to know, me feel better. <laughs> well, yeah, and and it was. There's several emails pertaining to comments on your YouTube and comments that they had made on your YouTube. Um, Uh I wanted to ask you, would you talk a little bit about the harassment? I don't think people grasp how much you guys actually get harassed. And I haven't heard, just heard it from you, Bob. I've heard it from Tim Sermons, the guy you were mentioning before. I've heard it from Lupe. I know he was originally part of your group. It seems like anyone that's out there with you, That's the first thing they talk about is, Hey, these guys get harassed nonstop. I think you were the last person I asked about it. It was all the people around you that came out and said, Hey, Bob Kids harass. I mean, we get harassed every single time we go out. And I was wondering if you talk a little bit about some of the harassment you've, you've received while going out looking for these creatures.
1: Well,
6: you know, it's really it's really mind blowing uh me lupe and, and felipe and and uh, uh my, my other son travis and brandon had been out there and uh one of our other uh, team members that, you know i really don't want to say his name cuz i don't want to get him in the limelight uh, we were 2 weeks after the after the camp we decided that what we were going to do we were going to go in there and we were going to stay. Okay. There's a place called Hidden Camp and it's way back in the brush. It's on, it's actually on the corridor itself, just about the corridor runs right past it. So we went in there. We set up everything was fine. Uh, Felipe had one of his new gadgets with him. He's a genius <laughs> and, uh, uh you, you know, for sound. And it, 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 uh, he had it set up and everything, and it was just dark. And these three cars come flying down this road. Now, I'm talking about an area, guys, that is totally remote. I mean, it is like seven or so miles back in there. And uh, they came flying up, and they, they – They pulled in uh, by the camp, and uh, they come walking down through there, and one of them has this uh, big spotlight, and he's spotlighting me. And I told him, I said, look, turn that spotlight off. You're going to get shot. I said, you don't come in my camp with a spotlight on and not telling me who the hell you are. I was mad. And uh, uh, I'm in it, too. I didn't know who these people were. We're seven miles in the middle of nowhere. And here's these three cars pulling up. I mean, you know. And, uh, well, you know, then he tells us that, you know, he, he's a game warden. He's a federal game warden, and there's all kinds of problems here, and we're in trouble and all of this stuff and everything. How in the heck did they know we were back there? You can have That's a, a good campfire question. back. Well, you can have a campfire in there, guys. And you can't see it out there on the road, on the trail coming in. You can't see it. They knew exactly where we were. Anyway, they, they had to go through everybody's guns, and they told us that we were in trouble, and we did this wrong, we did that wrong. And he even, he even practically said that we uh, uh, made our campfire wrong. Good God. And uh, uh, I, I tried to shake his hand when I found out he was, a, you know, federal officer and i put my hand out and he said i don't shake hands oh okay to heck with you too you know and uh he wanted to know he knew where the guns were he knew where uh, uh, uh loopy's gun was he says is jr in the trunk and, and, and he says yeah you know so loopy went and showed it to him and everybody showed their guns and everything and uh and they screamed at us because we had our car, you know, our vehicles up uh, uh, in this area, you know, going into the camp itself, which everybody does. I mean, you know, we've camped there all, during hunting season. Everybody, can't, everybody pulls their cars right up in there. Well, anyway, we had to pull our, our vehicles out because that was bad, and they accused us of making the, making the trail uh, with the cars to go in there. And I mean, it was just total harassment. You know, everything was harassment, harassment, harassment. And uh, the good part of it is, is that uh, when when they finally left, Felipe was hee heeing, and I said, "What?" And he said, "I got them all on. I got them all on tape." <laughs> he said, they didn't, "They didn't even ask what that big parabolic mic was." <laughs> he said, "I got them all talking."
3: <laughs> good grief.
6: So, and, but that's not, I mean, that's just one example. And, you know, we've, uh, uh, we, we've been told that, uh, we, our camp could get destroyed just like, every, you know, just like other camps that get destroyed out there. If we, if we actually leave the camp, we've had, uh, them come up and ask us, you know, how long y'all been gone? Cause apparently they must've been watching and we had just pulled up. How long y'all been gone? And, um, uh, two or three hours, you know, been on the Lone Star Trail, Well, your camp could be destroyed and torn up just like other camps out here, or you know, and uh, your camp could be. I uh, mean, or, or that is you, you, you know, y'all could go missing out here like a lot of other people. I mean, you know, it's it's just a bunch of bull. I mean, you put your boat in the water, and the next thing you know, you got this this, this uh, guy. This, this police officer, he's over there. He's a he's a, he's a park cop, and he's over there with his loudspeaker on his loudspeaker going, "Y'all need to come back up this way. Y'all need to come back here." And uh, so you know, I, I I I said us. He said, "Who am I talking to?" And I said, "Okay." So we go up there, and he wants to look at our boat. He wants to look at our uh, our motor. He wants to look at everything. You know, it just go, it goes on and on and on and on, and it's just, a, it's, it, it was just constant. And uh, you know, I don't really care if they, if they, if they bug me. You know, but when they wait down here at the entrance of our, of our place, and they pick up my, or they stop my wife because okay, they tell her, I mean, this is at four o'clock in the morning. They tell my wife, says, uh, you didn't stop at the stop sign. She says, yeah, I did. No, you didn't stop at the stop sign. We're going to, you know, they want to look through the car. They want to do this. They want to do that. Or, or they might follow her all the way uh, to her work. You know, that 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 really getting personal to me. I, I don't care what they do to me or what anybody, you know, what people do to me. Uh, you don't mess with my wife or my family. You know they're stopping Brandon, uh, following him around. They're following us around. They're following me and Bra- Travis around. Just the other day, me and Travis came out of the woods and we left, and we and we had a, a, a officer's car do exactly the same thing that happened to me and Tim. That was just like two days ago. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I, I'm mad, and I guess I sound mad. I'm sorry.
4: No, no apologies. I mean I'd be i I'd be more pissed off than you are. One thing I wanna ask you, Bob. There was I, I can't remember if it was Lupe, I think you had told me that too. Lupe and I think maybe even Tim mentioned it to me, um, about these Blackhawk helicopters flying over you guys' head at night when you guys are out in the yeah. brush.
3: Yeah,
6: they they as soon as we hear a good call. Sasquatch call corridor. The corridor is where they go. They migrate through here. They make arounds and they go back down and then they come back down river. Okay, there's some ranches where they hit and stuff like that. You know, they uh, there's good water on those ranches. Uh, they, they they go out there and they, they hit the uh, seed and and things like that. I mean, it's just common knowledge. We'll sit out there sometimes. You will hear the call start, and we know that they're coming. Well, then all of a sudden, there's a uh, small black helicopter comes up out of the woods from across the lake, and uh, they got a big spotlight on, and they're spotlighting all down the corridor. I mean, they even make the turn for the corridor, and they go over us. Uh, they've gone over our camps uh, when when uh, Loopy and and, and uh, Felipe was out there with us. Uh, we had some other people out there with us. Uh, you know, they went over the camp. They they went down uh, the uh, uh, Lone Star Trail over us, and uh, you know, things of that sort. Yeah, it's you know, it's nothing new. I mean, I know it. I know it might be hard for some people to understand that that doesn't have this happen to them, this is real incredible. Uh, I mean, it's just totally incredible what they do. And, and, you know, they'll hover over the camp site. They'll... uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's way way too much than... I mean, there's way more to it than just, you know, the occasional uh, game officials out looking around, you know. they, They seem to be fixated on you guys.
6: Well... You know, guys, that is because of some of the things that we have. We're not going to put it out, of course. We're not going to put them out. It's because of the camp and what happened in the camp. I've mapped all these areas for over 20 years, and it's not like i got to go look for these things. I know where they are. So... You know, people who say, well, y'all get a whole lot of, uh, you know, uh, action and everything out there. It's because I spent over 20-something years in the Sam Houston, the Angelina, and the Crockett, and I've mapped the maps. I know where the corridor is. I know where they're usually going to be.
0: Yeah, and And, to back you up uh, on that, Bob, I've done done the same thing myself in the South Mount St. Helens area, so what you're saying is absolutely correct. If you spend the time in the work, you can figure out where they are, what they're doing, and where they're going to be.
6: That's true. You can. And uh, w- one of the biggest things that you got to look for when you start doing this is you don't just go out there in the woods and start walking around. You want to look for food sources. And wild source, food sources. You want? To, I mean, they love the pigs down here. Okay, you find the pigs. They, you know, they're gonna follow the pigs. There's nut trees here. We got wild persimmon. We got wild, uh, you know, other wild fruits. We have uh, uh, pecan in some areas that are wild. We have uh, blackberries. We have grapes. Uh, we have uh, tubers and things that they can pull up and eat. And uh, it, it's kind of like they're hunters and gatherers. Is kind of the way I look yeah, at it. Yeah, they got one. Yeah, you got to look for that. You look for that. You go into these areas, and you may start finding a sign of them. You know, you map it. You put it on the GPS, and you can go right back to it. It's uh, it's really not that hard to actually no, do it's... this. Uh, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it just it requires
0: ahead. the effort. That... And I, th- I think a lot of people don't want to put the time and effort into it, you know, but you and I both know that if you do, you'll get results.
3: Correct.
6: You're, you're perfectly correct. You know, honestly, I've just kind of had had enough. I, I kind of surrender, and, and maybe that's bad, but if they were standing in front of me, I would know what to do, but I'm not tech savvy, and, and I'm just a simple person, man. I, I I don't know how to fight this, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm going to keep doing what I do and I'm going to keep going out and everything. Uh, I going to keep going out into the areas and I'm, I'm still going to video and, and everything and, and collect, you know, this evidence and that evidence and, and, and everything. But I'm, you know, I'm kind of done with the technical stuff as far as, uh, social media uh i'll i'll never do youtube again and uh i just i just don't care about uh blog talk anymore either i yeah, mean if, if these important. guys have got the savvy well well if they've got the savvy to get into this stuff and 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 do this and everything and these it's almost it, it's almost uh Unbelievable that uh, these blog talk and all this stuff doesn't really know what's going on. I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe they don't. I I, I shouldn't uh, throw them under the bus or anything. It's just I don't know. It's just kind of unbelievable in, in many ways to me, guys.
4: Bob, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to, you yeah, I appreciate you sharing all the information with us and uh, taking the time to talk with us and let us know what's going on. I think it's important for people to hear from you as opposed to hearing it from my lips, uh, to hear what is actually going on with you. So we appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Well,
6: I appreciate you giving me the chance and uh, let me do my rant. I'm sorry. I was I was really angry when I I, I wasn't angry I wasn't angry until I got on and we started talking about it and I'm afraid I got really angry and I'm sorry about that. <laughs>
0: No, no apologies. No, you, you have you every have right. Every to right. And and I would expect to be, yeah, and especially even with all this crap they're trying to pull, and and uh, and we and of course you know they're trying to label you with pornography, and that's absolute nonsense.
3: <laughs> oh, so yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it's it's laughable the stuff these guys are doing.
3: I
4: don't think they thought out how quite how to attack you, and so they're using like from the handbook, how to discredit someone, yeah. I don't think they've actually really thought it out. Because, you know, like, oh, you got banned from YouTube for pornography. It, it's, it's, it's like anyone that knows you, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You've had a YouTube channel for how many years? You know, a and long time. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And it's almost and like I... they're reading from the handbook on how to discredit you but it's not really applicable in this situation. If they want to discredit me and say that, uh, some people might go, well, you know, I mean, you know, maybe he did post, <laughs> you know, but I mean, coming from you, it's like, you well, know, this doesn't really, this doesn't really apply to Bob. So it's like, they're using the handbook as just kind of across the board, let's nail you. And it's like, yeah. they're not really using their heads on how to nail you. You know they can piss you off by pulling your wife over and screwing with you every time you guys go out, and but these are old tricks from the same bag. You know what I mean? This isn't anything yeah, new know. to really nail you.
6: Well, I mainly mean, I, I'm getting the feeling, and, and uh, I do have a—I'm a, not going to say their name—but I do have a law firm behind me, and they know what I do and everything. I recently today was told that uh what they're really trying to do or what these people are really trying to do is tell me to shut up.
4: Yeah, I get exactly what it's to let you know. It's like the whole mafia mentality. You know we're here, you yeah. know we're you know, you know we're here. You know what we're doing. You know we're listening. And we're going to poke you a little bit just to make sure to keep you in line. And that's kind of what yeah, you and I, guess- I talked about the other night, Bob, is that it's exactly what they're doing. They're poking you to let I, you I, know, shut your mouth.
0: I guess I forget right. which country they live in. Well, yeah. or who they're actually
4: dealing with. And I won't talk about Bob's background because he doesn't talk about it. It Bob's a sweet old man, and I hope you don't take offense to that, Bob. But I'll no, tell you what uh, – they're messing with the sleeping giant. This isn't, I, and I don't want to say too much cause I know you don't want to talk about it, but you're the wrong man to really poke around with because, um, and I'm sure they're, they know, but you're the wrong man to really screw around with because, and I'll just leave oh, it at I, that. I, I guess I, you know, I know you want, yeah. you don't want to discuss everything, but you're the wrong man to screw with. I'll put it like that. You know, they, they're, yeah. They're poking a sleeping giant, is what they're doing.
6: <laughs> I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm very private and uh, kind of, you know, I, I don't say, I, I don't reveal a lot of stuff. And uh, but you, but you know, uh, more about me than uh, a lot of people do. <laughs> if if they were in front of me, uh, they, they're going to go down. They're going to get punched. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I'm going to go at them. Yeah, you're right. But uh this I I can't touch because I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Appreciate you guys having me on and uh I really enjoyed it. I probably won't do another show any after this. No, I understand <laughs> if you don't that. mind.
4: I understand. Yeah. That. And we thank you for but coming on. I, w-
6: I will keep in touch with y'all and I will probably send y'all some stuff.
0: Thank you, All Bob. Right, Bob. Well, listen, if you need anything, just let us know. Absolutely. I will. I will. Thank man. you,
6: guys. All right. Appreciate it.
0: We're going to take a
4: quick break. If you're listening to us on SasquatchChronicles.com, hang tight. We have a forestry worker who had a pretty aggressive encounter with the Sasquatch, along with a fellow co-worker. The gentleman we've been talking about did show up uh, Mr. Grizzly Adams himself did show up to talk to this gentleman and the gentleman that we're going to bring on to discuss this encounter claims he knows who this guy is if you're not listening to us on sasquatchchronicles.com, please visit us otherwise have a great night and we will see everyone next week